nuclear. Now, is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. We talked about agentive suffixes a few weeks ago, and interestingly enough, we got a ton of uh, letters and messages about the topic, which... um, means that everybody's fascinated by them, apparently. So we decided to answer a few questions because we got intrigued by what they were asking. Kathy, should we first just quickly, for people who weren't listening to the previous podcast, define what agent of suffixes? We can, but I'm stunned that they weren't listening. Frankly, I don't care to tell them anything now because I'm hurt. <laughs> okay, but what? I'm going to quickly, uh, for, for those, for the one or two people who weren't <laughs> tuning in the last time, an agentive suffix or an agentive prefix, but we're talking about suffixes here, are um, endings that make a, uh, that are attached usually to a verb and they make an agent noun. In other words, write to write as a verb, and what, what does someone do who writes? He's a write, he or she is a writer, and the er is an agentive suffix, which makes that verb write into something someone does, i.e., they write. They're writers. Well, it makes it into the person who's a doer, I think is a better right. way of putting it. They make them into, right, R-I-G-H-T, as opposed to, yes. <laughs> thank you. You are right, Kathy, <laughs> and you are a writer. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you. So, for the so we've got a bunch of uh, emails and stuff about this, and the one we want to start with is from a regular listener of ours, Kelly, who um, tends to have quite intriguing concepts, and they make us think. So we thought, let's start with her, um, and she just said that she finished the most recent episode on agentive suffixes and wanted to send in an additional ans- uh, example I thought of while listening, which I think is mostly archaic. The first one I thought of, she writes is stir, S-T-E-R, as in spinster, originally a woman who spins wool into yarn before it became to mean an unmarried woman who's probably going to remain so permanently, and brewster, the feminine form of brewer, which is also where you get the surname Baxter, the feminine form of baker. Um, As she said, surnames are one of the richest sources of surviving examples of the suffix. The only modern non-surname example I can think of off the top of my head is prankster, although there may be others, and I think by the time prankster was coined, the suffix has lost its identity as a feminine form. But now, I'm curious, Fletcher, we were talking about this too, can you think of any other stir? Trickster? Um... Hipster, but that's not, is hipster? Does hipster work? Even if... One who's hip. Hip isn't a verb though, right? No, but I, I think the one thing that does bother me a little bit, a lot of times with um, linguistic uh, strictures, I think we can be loose about this too, because I think the same format kind of works. So I would, I'm, I'm going to, I'm saying let's include it. But anyway, keep going. Because it's making like the adjective hip into a doer. I'm being to, hip. Yeah. I am a hipster. I mean, it's okay. not technically in that sense. We're not, it isn't, Fletcher's right. It's not a verb, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. How about a punster? Punster? Same okay. way. Oh, yeah? Someone's doing puns. Yeah. Two other, now again, there. it's getting a little bit, we're fudging a little bit, but chorister, someone who sings in a chorus. Mm-hmm. I've never that, heard that. Uh, we just watched uh, a Britbox uh, 
show last night, uh, and there was a barrister in there, okay. which is one who goes to the bar. I think that would fit as well. That makes sense. So there are more than a few. It's still an older and not particularly what they, what linguists would call a productive form. We don't use it too much now, or do we? Wait a minute. I don't think so. Not really. Not a lot. No, and I don't think it is very productive. It seems to be much more old than new. Although, wait a minute, we have some oldies here. now. We're minister! Gonna... Minister! Minister! Is that one? One who ministers is a minister. No, but that doesn't know. work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually curious about minister. As we are speaking... Kathy, why don't you fill in the blanks while I look it up quickly and then I claim that I knew it all along. Well, you know me, I can talk about anything. Like, pollster. Pollster, very pollster good. Pollster ah, is good. Fantastic. Yay me. Okay, I'm sorry. And gangster. Gangster. Also Ooh. good. Wow, those, yeah. Those are good. Definitely. And words we use often. Yes. Minister, though, I think is not going to be very happy. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's an agent, too. Well, but... it comes from... Uh, Minus or less subordinate. Yeah, no, so it doesn't, doesn't. No, it doesn't really work. But it's still interesting. We do have a number of stirs. Jester, are, Jester. Yes, Jester. I'm sorry, is I'm really screaming. Good. I'm really proud of myself <laughs> no, right here. No. <laughs> it's like being a little. This kid is the in woman school. who came in third on Jeopardy. May remind me. I'm just trying to claw my way back to the top. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you guys now. I'm going to do a couple of Kathy is right though it is it doesn't tend to be very productive nowadays so we're, let's get let's ask fletcher for some old stirs and see if he knows them do you want old stir no that's not one Sorry. someone who old <laughs> i got excited slow down Kathy. okay fletcher, what's a white stir a, what is a white stir a white stir like the color white these are people clever i mean it, it, people who bleach cloth used to be called white stirs wow these are old words which yeah, no sure. longer these are old stir words which no longer really <laughs> exist in english <laughs> I'm sure you know Kempster. Kempster. Uh, is, is this one who organizes things? One who is camped. Yeah. Well, it's. I, I would say it's close, but it's not. It's a woman who cleans wool. Incidentally, the stir tended to be feminine. Yeah, that's that was the thing about that email that uh, surprised me because I had no idea with the Brewster being a, a female brewer. I had the same thing. Yeah, I had, yeah. I had yeah. no idea. No idea at all. No. The interesting thing, if I can interject, is that S-T-E-R was tended to be more for women. And, and, and then over time, the stirs became sort of genderless. However, stir, they also say, tended to imply a more negative feeling about the doer, which makes me wonder if there was some level of misogyny in the air. I can't oh, help it. You I mean, think? They, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Maybe. I think, I think we can always assume that that was the case in one way or another. This, 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 this all helps me a little bit with spinster, though, because it's always seemed weird. The word had just has just seemed strange to me because it never just hearing the word never made me think of a woman like I know it applies to an unmarried woman but but when I hear spinster I always wondered why wasn't it spinstress right mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. because I never knew that s-t-e-r used to tend feminine mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. although gradually it, it has now lost a lot of that 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 feminine aspect to it interestingly enough in one of our dictionary things they had I'm curious because you guys are far more computer savvy than I am the dictionary has gamester as an example of a genderless uh, I saw stir that. noun. I have never heard that. I always hear gamer. Yeah. I've never That's heard That's what gamester. I was just going to ask you to. I, I never hear gamester. I always hear gamer. I've heard hamster. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, I, I've never heard Gamester. I, but I don't, I think we can all agree that it's not amazingly productive in the sense of. It's uh, not often used nowadays. Yeah. I like the word soster. Instead of seamstress. Yeah. Well, they also had Shepster, meaning a dressmaker, because they cut stuff out. And then they sometimes yeah. call it Shapester, which fascinated me. I like Shapester. It sounds more like a shapeshifter, though. But <laughs> Yeah, whatever. it does. Like, I'm a shapester. Yeah, no. Okay, moving along. Wait, just let me just finish, though. And they do say that we were saying S-T-E-R tended to be, it, it came from Estra, E-S-T-R-E, the Old English. So there you have the female, okay. um, the, the, the whole concept of female. And it was like kind of the male version was E-R, mm-hmm. not okay. stir, but er. Mm-hmm. That's all. Okay, so now um, moving along, let's do the next letter. I don't, oh, this is from Cheryl, who's a Canadian. And she asks, sometimes I just want to inject myself directly into your conversation. <laughs> I, had to, I actually had to pull over the car to send this question. I love, I love people it. who are urgently I discussing it. grammar. Yeah. Yeah, really. Thank you, Cheryl. We love you, Cheryl. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now, she mentions this, which is I thought was, it was a really interesting question. And Kathy and I did a fair amount of research, and we don't have an answer. We just have speculation. She has serve plus ant equals servant. Uh-huh. One who serves question mark under duress yet we have serve plus server er one who serves wait plus er waiter wait plus r-e-s-s waitress which was not discussed in the pod and actor and actress so she goes what's the rest rule and why is it different than the er rule and going backwards what about server and servant let's start with server and servant i thought this was really interesting Servant is actually from the Latin present, uh, French and Latin present participle, and server is an agent noun with the suffix to serve. So why? Uh, let's, uh, let's let's just throw this out before we come up with our guess. Fletcher, what's your guess? Why is there a difference between servant and server? There is definitely a difference. Linguistically, I don't know. That's that's not something that I would know. That that's why you guys are here. But um, it, in terms of of what it implies, there's a huge difference between mm-hmm. a servant, a one who is, I guess, em- they're employed to be your subordinate, right? And then a, ser- mm-hmm. a server, one who is waiting on you, one who is serving you, but they are more or less, I mean, they're they're an, an equal party, right? They're just the one who is mm-hmm. doing the serving. Who's employed, in effect. Who's employed, yeah, yeah but, but not as a subordinate to you. Yeah, unless you're a jerk in a restaurant. Well, you're right. Yeah, but that, that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's your fault. That's your problem. Not, yeah, exactly. not, not the setup of the entire system. Well, right? this to me, Russ, if I may talk for one second, I was going to say servant, the implication is you're in service. You're, 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 there, there's definitely a, um, what's it I'm looking for? A power imbalance. The servant yes. is, is in service to someone. Yes. Whereas mm-hmm. the server is doing something. So I think that you've got like servant is broader. So it's more pejorative because the implication is the underneath, the status imbalance, whereas a server is totally the agentive suffix. It's like you are serving the person. The server is serving as opposed to the that's person what you're doing. is in service. It's not a state. It's a matter of doing. Precisely. Ah, That's perfect. I love it. It's not a state. It's a matter of doing. And that actually is what we discovered doing some research on the background. I mean, we're not sure because there's no real definitive, nothing is ever definitive in language anyway. But servant came into English first around 1200. 
with those definite overtones of an attendant who owes duty to a lord. Or in the French, it had also a military uh, aspect as well. It was also used for people who were enslaved. Then, and our guess is in the 1400s, it seems, server came in just at the time when feudal duties and feudal ideas were fading. And maybe, I don't know, maybe, you know, in the 1500s, Henry VIII eating a lot of food. And, you know, what are you going to do? Someone has to serve the food. But they weren't necessarily servants. They could also be nobles who were, you know, pages or whatever serving. And that's when server came into use. And we're wondering, Kathy and I wondered, and I think you guys, Fletcher, you did, you basically wondered earlier, is this the different? Is this how the distinction came into being? English has a word indicating someone who's under real obligation, almost like a slave, enslaved person. So we need a new word now. What do we do? We just tack on the standard English agent of suffix and make it into a server. Although now, what I find interesting regarding where server is is involved is that it used to be waiter waitress. I know we're going to get to the R-E-S-S in a little bit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna jump for a second. And server as the as the common term that was like genderless, if you will, I think really only came on big in the last couple decades, don't you think? Because I remember growing up with waiter waitress. Mm-hmm. I don't I, think I ever said server. I agree. Uh, I'm curious. I'm gonna look at en- Engram on that. But that the problem with that is that's books, and you could have like server not meeting in a restaurant. You know what I mean? I know, but I'm just it's just just as a rough and ready. It's interesting. As a rough and ready, we're going to discount it because Cass said not to use it. But <laughs> if we were going to actually use it, server sky, it was basically flat, flat right near the end. And then in the 1980s, it skyrocketed. Okay. It, it went up 10 times in the 80s. So I think that that's a correct, that's really interesting. Because I agree, I agree with you. I remember waiter and waitress as well. Although I'm looking at the OED, they have a person serving food or drink to others, uh, especially someone, the waiting staff in a restaurant, they have it going back to 1450. So Yeah, we, we did say server came in the 1400s. And I do think mm. that in the sense, I think in, also in a sense of you may speak of servers in the, in the third person. We have many servers in this restaurant, maybe, or in this, you know, feudal mansion or something. Maybe that's when it was used more often. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I'm still saying, I think in, in terms of regular conversation and stuff, I don't think it was really used. I think that's both. No, no, I, I don't think so either. I'm saying it might have been used, for example, as we need more servers here. I'm saying it's mm-hmm. like a third person sort of speaking about it. And mm-hmm. again, it was like, you know, that the Google Engram shows it was barely used, but it did come into being then. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I'm now actually curious, what about waiter? When did waiter enter into English in a big way? I don't think it was used in Henry VIII's time. No, I don't think it was, was it? So what they must have used server then. Late 14th century, attendant watchman, of attendant at a meal, a servant who waits at tables. So it, it was used. And then in eating houses and inns, it began being used in the 1660s is the earliest they have here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. That's interesting. We all learned something today. And it's very useful. Well, now let's go to the S, the waitress. That is interesting. That is disappearing. So you're talking about the ESS, not waitress is itself, but just the ESS. We're going back to mm-hmm. Cheryl, who we adore. Right. Actor, actress, waiter, waitress. Mm-hmm. Seamstress. Stewardess. We did talk about tricks, didn't we, in the last in the last one on ancient of suffixes? Yeah, we brought it up, yeah. A little bit. Because I was going to say, that's pretty much dead. But except, I mean, this is what we talked about earlier before the podcast. There are certain words which the, the S is disappearing from waitress. 
the ESS is disappearing from actress. We say actor, waiter for, for they're genderless now to us, but mm. there's certain cases where we still use it like goddess. You know, if we're talking about an ancient goddess, you know, Isis, we don't say we tend to say she's a goddess, not she's a god. Although now I wonder, though, is that just an artifact that because of because that's what it was? OK, actor, actress. We I still I got to admit, I still I still a lot of times say actress and I know you're supposed to just say actor. So are we going to go that way with goddess? Is it going to just be the gods? It could well, be. It is. It is the gods now when we're talking about all of them. But yeah. the difference is we see actors in front of us all the time. We don't see gods and goddesses in front of us all the time. I mean, no. they, they are they are these mythical beings. Uh, you know, they are already calcified, right? They're, they're not. I, I, they're ossified. Yeah, Oss, ossified. That's the, yeah. No, calcified is fine too. I, I like that's actually more. <laughs> but here's one that's not ossified or calcified, and I'm wondering: Are we going to still get rid of this too, princess? Oh, yeah. But then, would you call everybody a prince? I don't know. And I have to the to the film addict in our little group. I have another question: Are they going to have best actor awards, Fletcher, and best actor awards? Yes, uh, this is happening in some f uh, some critics groups, and I think maybe in some film festivals. This is already starting to happen, where they are having genderless best actor awards. Some of them are some Ooh. of them have completely consolidated and gone to the best actor award. Everybody goes into that. Some of them have started to award two best actor awards. But theoretically, though, the two best actor awards could go to two women or to two men. I think theoretically right? that is correct. I don't know specifically what any particular festival or critics group is doing right now because this is a very new thing. But but yes, th yeah. this is what is happening. Now, will the Oscars do this? Probably eventually, but... Okay, that's interesting. not for a while. They are slow to change. But but yeah, this this is this is beginning to happen. Yes. Okay, so so basically right now most of the time it's pretty it's a, I I don't think that we need at all the gendered suffix. I mean, no. cuz you go like like a server is a server is a server. Although I have no problem with saying waiter for all of them either, which is still my default. I can't help it, but 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 Ross you were saying princess is an interesting one because by virtue of, of, I mean, it is a gendered role completely. A princess cannot be anything but a woman, right? Yeah, but I mean, but the question though is, you know, like an actress cannot be anything but a woman either. And now we're saying, basically we're saying that the term is someone who does something and a princess is someone who has royal blood or whatever. And then I'm going to throw you guys both the question that we're getting rid of suffixes here just for one second, though, in terms of gender. What about queen? Right. That's a ruler of a country. Well, that was kind of what I was thinking, is that prince and princess, though princess does have that gendered suffix, it's not really any different from king and queen. Mm -hmm. No, but, but we are saying basically, though, that we're degenderizing, if that's a word, various you know we're getting rid of the ess suffix but are we going to get rid of eventually we have i mean president you can have a president who's a female or a president who's a male and there's still president but you can't have a king who's a queen or i guess you could maybe but whatever you know what I mean? that's getting into something else <laughs> uh, sorry <laughs> no 
Just dump but, set. Don't talk about it, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are we going to get rid of it? I don't know. I have no idea if that's going to eventually. Uh... Well, I think that language is getting degenderized, to use your, your coin term, your neologism. It is. I mean, we go back to server. I mean, it used to be waitress, flight attendant. I mean, I, as a little girl, I wanted a Barbie that was like a, a stewardess, remember, because mm-hmm. it had the Braniff uniform, which was very kicky. But um, you don't say stewardess anymore. It's every there's flight no, attendant, you know, but you, you do say, say steward. steward sometimes. Yeah. still. but usually it's but flight I think, attendant. I think a steward. Well, we don't really talk about stewards when we talk about people who are flight attendants. Stewards are our other thing. I mean, I never hear steward when we're talking about a flight attendant, uh, a male flight attendant. I just say flight attendant. I think. Yeah, I, I I mean I think that's what we we always say. The thing about these, uh, I think, as we all know, is that there's no real point in making the gender distinction. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve any purpose. It's just some. It's it's an artifact of, uh, well, essentially a patriarchal society. But their goddess does actually serve a purpose. I mean, there's a distinct because there were a lot of dualities. For example, in ancient Egypt. In particular, had a, I mean, a lot of ancient gods, at least in the Middle East, had there were doublets, mm-hmm. and a lot of times the doublets were male and female, and they had may have, even though in ancient Egypt they kind of merged sometimes too. Like Isis is definitely a goddess in that sense. Mm. Osiris is definitely a god, and in terms of their functions, to some degree, that that is is essential. So I think mm. maybe. Yeah. Maybe in an, as an artifact, those words will stay. Like maybe goddess, like you were saying, but you don't use it that much in daily life. But in terms of historical sense, we might use it and keep it, I think. But you don't need seamstress or a stewardess. Right. Because there's no. no point to those. Well, and this, right. this could go to prince and princess and king and queen, because in a lot of places it kind of does matter whether you're male or female. And you're mm-hmm. a prince, a princess, a king or a queen. Or at least, I mean, if there's anything that sticks to tradition, it's it's the royalty right and so that's yeah. that's something mm-hmm. that has historically mattered very very much so maybe that's part of why there's no movement on those words and their titles too oh good point the titles but i suspect over time they're going to fade out too i just do i think that we're moving that way i just do i, don't know, I think we might move we might lose royalty before that happens though. yeah well that's know. my point the one thing that got me was thinking of the ESS as governess which you hear mm-hmm. especially if you're reading like your brontes or whatever and then it never occurred to me that governor was the male version of governess. And the only time I think of governor is when you go like, you know, in a very bad Cockney accent, like, hey, governor, you know what I mean? Yeah. I never think of it as anything but that. I and know. on British cop shows, like the, the person in charge, male or female, is the governor, gov. the gov. Yeah. Or the gov. Mm-hmm. Well, and the chief executive of each state. In the U.S. Well, there's that, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but going back to, like, the disappearance of the ESS, and we had talked earlier about the tricks one, like Aviatrix, that's really disappearing. But mm. then uh, this sort of hit me. There are some that kind of are going to get stuck. Like, this is a really weird, the only one I was thinking of with the tricks thing that's going to last is dominatrix. Yep. Mm. You're not going to ever get rid of that, I bet. No, probably not. And, and I think I don't want to wade into this too much, but I think <laughs> I think in a lot of cases the gender distinction does matter there. Oh, I suspect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I don't. Wanna, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get a little tricky to have that conversation <laughs> any further. But but <laughs> you, you you know so so that may be part of why that's not going to go away. But that's what I think is. You're right. I think the key is. Whether if it's a gender neutral 
job or 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 whatever or or a state there's no reason to have s or er as a different thing like like comedian you used to have comedian e n n e there's another uh there's another suffix and i don't think you ever see there poetess you never see poetess anymore right now i've got a question for both of you Uh, this is going back to the er agent of verbs and i can only i've Kathy does not know the question, so I'm okay. sort of curious. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I'm curious how both of you do. Just, first of all, I just want to ask you very quickly. I was just reading, uh, I was looking at James Fenwick Cooper, and there is a book, and the guy is, uh, kills deer. What's he called? The Deer Slayer, right? Deer Slayer, right. What's, what, is a, what, is, what is a guy who fights fires called? Or a person who fights fires? Firefighter? Firefighter. Right. What is a person who whispers to horses called? Horse whisperer. Right. We're seeing a little trend here. What is a person who picks pockets called? A pickpocket. Right. Oh. What <laughs> happened there? Pickpocketer is too long and it sounds clobby. Yeah, pocket, no. pocket picker is a weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah. That's what he should be, though. Pocket picker, yeah. English is basically what's called a right-headed language when it makes mm-hmm. compound nouns. The right side of the compound basically determines what the person's doing. Like, as in a sharpshooter, the person's shooting and he shoots sharp. Okay, so it should be pocket picker. Yeah. Why is it not pocket picker? What happened there? With English, apparently from the French in early medieval times, the Normans and by virtue of the prestige of French, French is a left-headed language. And in French... The left side basically determines what's happening, uh, what's the important part of it, and the right side is sort of the the adjunct. English is reversed. I'm going to give you a quick example of that, too. Think of houseboat and boathouse. Mm-hmm. English, mm-hmm. In, in both cases, the right side determines what's going on, really. Yeah. A houseboat is a boat that's a house. So right. the boat's the key aspect here. And the boathouse is the house that houses the boat right and in both cases but there are a couple there are a bunch of instances where it doesn't work that way and pickpocket is one of them most of them seem to be not all of them are sort of pejorative kind of cut purse cutthroat pickpocket and they basically that form kind of disappeared by uh like the mid mid 14 or 1500s but it still exists in sort of fossilized or Fletcher's better term, calcified English, which I thought was sort of interesting. My question is now pickpocket. Okay, so French has it that way. Did pickpocket originally come via, like, say, Norman, like, to English? Pickpocket? Well, I think it came from, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, you're thinking and typing at the same time. <laughs> Kathy reveals a secret. <laughs> um, it, it comes from... Um, the, apparently the model comes from the French, but the actual mm. word comes from English, obviously, pick and then pocket. And pick purse was the earlier form of that. Hmm. I'm saying pick a pockets and cut purses, yeah. But the, basically, the whole real idea, though, here is that that format basically was imposed upon English early on. And apparently some guys, are, some linguists are saying we do naturally do that sometimes. Children sometimes naturally do that formation, but the formation in English does tend to be right-headed, not left-headed. Daredevil. 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 That's another one, isn't it? That's not. Yeah. I like I like pocket picker though. Now 
I actually do. I think Pocket Picker has like a certain. It's got some rhythm to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think of some more though. I'm thinking they have some old ones here. Although in English, there's one interesting one that's again not a. Um, it's not an agent of a breakfast. You're breaking the fast. It really mm. should be fast break. You know, and if you're going to mm. be technically right, you know, right-headed in English. English is interesting though because it just it. It has so many influences, and it, it was so happy and, and free and opening it to these things that we do get into all sorts of different... It gets a little wacky. Yeah. Off topic, one that we didn't talk about that, that interested me was um, agent of suffix, speaking of the French, E-U-R, like chauffeur. But I think that's just a... But I think that... Isn't that just a E-U-R uh, ending that just became in French, though? Is it? Because I thought of masseuse and masseur. That's interesting. So that's like masseuse. Is masseuse then rest? Yeah, like chan- like chanteuse. Yeah. But but I think mm-hmm. masseuse. I, I mean, I'm not certainly uh, someone who works in that world, but I think masseuse, at least for the general public, is starting to mean either male or female. Yeah, it was initially yeah, female, exactly. and now it's both. Although you, what, now you're supposed to say massage therapist. We go back to non-gendered, actually. So. But it used to be masseuse was a female, masseur, masseur, I can't do it. Masseur, yes. Uh, that's interesting, though, because in a sense, we, we're basically taking a, a very useful word that we could just like make work either way. And we're taking massage therapist, which I think sounds sort of, I don't like it. I mean, massage therapist sounds like you're I don't know, going to like get an operation or something to me. But mm. I think it's an uglier, longer word two words than the masseuse or masseur either way is fine with me yeah i know they're technically gendered but i don't think of either as particularly gendered i don't either and a chauffeur i never think of as just a male i mean that's I, a driver mm-hmm. I, i've never heard chauff- chauffeur or how you would say it Chauffeuse? yeah no, no, yeah no. i was just a little weird it's amazing how much uh, not to sound like you know you know stupid or, or trite or something it is amazing though what like the just a suffix, the, 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 the incredible force of a suffix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go backwards for chauffeur. I, I, that, I think that's a really interesting word. I'm just curious. Fletcher, you, you know French, don't you? A bit. A bit. Where do you think chauffeur, I mean, that's a chauffeur, where does it come from, do you think? That's a weird, just think of it in French. Chauff- no, I, chauff- I, do, I don't know what that might mean. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't quite remember. Well, chef, chef, it has a heating aspect to it. Yeah, okay. Because chef, and it actually literally comes from that. It's from the French, literally stoker, which is like a steam engine. Oh, wow. you're heating up. Oh, so and is that where there, chafing dish comes chauffeur. from? Yes. Huh? Chafing yeah. dish is from chauffeur? I had no idea. Well, not from chauffeur, but it's from the, yeah, the French. Steam. No, I know, but it's that, I <laughs> just did that. <laughs> Yeah. How do you guys say it? Because that's one of those words I realize now that we're talking about it. I feel a very uncomfortable pronouncing. Chauffeur, I think I'd say. Chauffeur? Chauffeur. Yeah, chauffeur. yeah sure. Yeah. yeah. But when I see the EU, I always feel like I should be going like chauffeur. Chauffeur. You, know? <laughs> you could do that very well. You could be a rich guy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Where's my chauffeur? If only. <laughs> Tell whoever makes people rich. <laughs>
This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. You're Saying It Wrong is a worldwide affair. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod. Email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com or email me at powell at kmuw.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or better yet, a review on your podcast platform of choice. Kathy and Ross's book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that and much of their other work pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And don't forget they have a new book out, A History of the World Through Body Parts. The stories behind the organs, appendages, digits, and the like attached to or detached from famous bodies. You can find that pretty much anywhere you get books as well. And, of course, Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.